Good morning and a very warm welcome to our phone service and podcast for Sunday the 9th of October. The recording comes live from Drung last week where we finished our little series in Revelation with Revelation 14 verse 6 to chapter 15 verse 4 and you can listen into that recording. Keith begins leading the service uh, and I'll hand over to that now. Good morning and welcome to church everyone and good morning to those online. Uh, Nick is taking a little break this morning but uh, hopefully he doesn't fall asleep. But he will rouse him up later because uh, he will have to preach. So we begin our service with our first hymn, which is hymn number 361. Now thank we all our God. Our first reading is from Revelation chapter 14, reading verses 6 to 13. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heaven and earth 
the sea and the springs of water. Another angel, a second, followed, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. And another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angel and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. These worshippers of the beast and its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labours, for their deeds follow them. This is the word of the Lord. So if we look at uh, page one of our, our service card, and we're going to say the confession together. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. By what we have done and by what we have failed to do, we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. May the Father forgive us by the death of his Son, and strengthen us to live in the power of the Spirit all our days. Amen. And we stand and say the lines at the bottom of the page. O Lord, open our lips. O God, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Praise, praise the Lord. And we're going to praise now in the words of the children's song. Thank you, Keith, for uh, leading us so far in our service. Uh, we're going to sing The Lord is King. As we see bad things going on in the world, we might wonder what's going on. This song reminds us that the Lord is King. Thank you. 
might get sad and wonder why there's so much pain. Why we let the same mistakes happen over and again. Our sinful ways will always fail. God and His ways will prevail. Cause the Lord is King. He's gonna look after everything. Everything. For everything, every single thing in this world, this is His world. You kings, be wise, you rulers, hear the Lord's decree. Thank you, Keith. So you can be seated. Uh, we're going to pray now at this point. for prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for the beauty of this world you have created. As we move into autumn, we wonder afresh at the beauty of the green grass and the trees. But we know that many places do not shine forth with that beauty, for your creation is spoiled. Help us, Lord, to do what we can to help your world. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Lord, we pray for all places in the world which are suffering from war and violence and extreme climate events. May they be aware of your love surrounding and comforting them, and may they have hope in the midst of danger. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Lord, we thank you that we are able to restart our groups for another season. We pray for the Teens for Christ group, the Girls Friendly Society, and the Boys Brigade. We pray for all their members and leaders as they embark on a new season. Give them energy and wisdom, and please bless them with happy times. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, giver of life and health, comfort and relieve those who are ill at this time, especially those known to us. Jackie, Leon, Olive, Lucy, David and Maria. Give your power of healing to those who minister to their needs. 
that they may be strengthened in their weakness and have confidence in your loving care. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And the collect for today that is printed on the front of your sheets, we say that collect together. O Lord, hear the prayers of your people who call upon you, and grant that they may both perceive and know what things they ought to do, and also may have grace and power faithfully to fulfil them, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And if we say together the second collect on page 5, beginning with O Lord. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, we give you thanks for bringing us safely to, the beginning, to this day. Keep us from falling into sin or running into danger. And on all things, guide us to know and do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our second reading comes from Revelation chapter 14, reading from verse 50. Oh. 14 to 15, verse 4. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and seated on the cloud, one like a son of man, with a golden crown on his head, and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. So he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle across the earth, and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, the angel who has authority over the fire, and he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle, Put in your sickle, and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city and blood flowed from the winepress as high as a horse's bridle for 1,600 stadia. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues which are the last, for with them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire, and also those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name, for you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. This is the word of the Lord. stand again and we continue on page three of our service card with the Apostles' Creed. We stand to say the Apostles' Creed. I believe 
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Do please keep that passage open in front of you from Revelation uh, chapter 14 and 15. And let's pray for God's help as we look at his word together. Lord God, our Father, we thank you for your word and that you're a just God. As we see your justice in this passage, please give us soft hearts to respond to your word. And please give us strength to keep going. In Jesus' name. Amen. This week I heard about uh, two ladies, Mary and Hawa, who uh, are, are in Nigeria. And you might remember eight years ago there, there were um, hundreds of girls kidnapped in Chibuk uh, state in Nigeria. And some of them were released, uh, some, some escaped. Um, but these two had, have, have just managed to escape now, eight years later, and they were found, both of them, with babies in their arms. They'd been forced to marry Boko Haram fighters. And so Barnabas Fund, the, the charity that helps the persecuted church, is asking us to pray for healing for the physical and spiritual and emotional trauma that these ladies have been through. It is wonderful that they've escaped, isn't it? But it's tragic what they and so many others have to face. Last week we, we were hearing in Revelation 13 how the dragon, Satan, is ravaging against the church. Do you remember how he was mad at Jesus and he tried to stop Jesus being born? He knew Jesus was coming to destroy him and so he tried to stop Jesus being born and then even after Jesus was born he sent Herod to try and get rid of all the babies and to get rid of Jesus. And even at the point of the death of Jesus, it looked like Satan had won. But that was the moment of Jesus' victory over Satan. Because Satan can no longer accuse us if we're Jesus' people. Because Jesus has paid the price in full for our sin. And so Satan, Jesus was then snatched up to heaven. Do you remember? He, he rose, he ascended into heaven. He's safe forever with God in heaven. But Satan is mad at the followers of Jesus. And he's ravaging against them, and we saw in, in two ways, by destroying and by deceiving. He's taking it out on the followers of Jesus, people like Mary and Hua that we just heard about there. And sometimes he seems so powerful, and you think, what's the point in resisting? Probably, I think, some of those girls were offered the opportunity to be released if they converted to Islam. What's the point in resisting and sticking with Jesus? Why not just go with the flow? It would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? And today in Revelation chapter 14, we see the reason uh, to keep resisting, to keep going, is that God will rescue his people 
and judge his enemies. So whatever comes your way, whatever the devil uses, the message today is to endure. Do you see in verse 12 of chapter 14? Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. At the same time that Satan is raging and ravaging against the church and seeking to deceive people, there's another messenger. In fact, three messengers here in the, the first part of the reading. Three messengers. And the first one brings good news of judgment. I wonder how you feel about judgment. Sometimes we think it's not a good thing. It sounds like judgmental. Doesn't sound good. Or maybe we think, you know, God's just waiting to see one person step out of line and zap them. But actually, if you've been wronged, you'll know that God's judgment is a good thing. If you've been wronged and you've received judgment in your favour in this lifetime, you'll have had a foretaste of that. Or think of the victims in, in Hillsborough and, and how the families campaigned and campaigned and campaigned and campaigned for justice. Or as we see today in Russia. Or the Chibuk schoolgirls that we heard about. Judgment is a good thing, isn't it? To put wrong things right. Justice is a good thing. And the reason we know that justice is a good thing is because we're made in the image of God, who is a just God. And so this first messenger comes with good news of judgment. We're told in verse 6 he has an eternal gospel, that is good news, a message of good news. And what is his message of good news? Well, it's there in verse 7, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. God's judgment is a good thing. He will punish evil. And so, don't worship Satan, don't worship the dragon, don't worship created things, but worship God. That's what he, the, the angel instructs them in verse 7. Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of waters. We are all worshippers. We all worship something or someone. And the call here from this first angel is worship God. He's the one that's worthy. He made everything. Worship him. Keith's prayed about God's creation. Worship the creator. Worship him. The first angel has message of good news of judgment. The second angel has a threat for Babylon. In verse 8, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. Babylon was an ancient city uh, many years before Jesus was born and it was a great city in many ways, a great empire, but it oppressed God's people. Nebuchadnezzar came and he destroyed Jerusalem and it seduced people with its wealth and power and pleasure and sexual immorality and luxury. It looked so great and you'd have been tempted to think, well, let's just go with it. Let's just go with this great empire. But here the message is it's fallen. And of course it had in John's day. It, it had fallen many years before. But as we saw a couple of weeks ago with the beast that resurfaces, the beast who had the fatal wound that was healed, it resurfaced in the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire looked so great and, and so powerful, but it demanded worship of the emperor. And sexual immorality was everywhere, taking God's good gift of sex within marriage and taking it outside of marriage. And any city that does that 
will not last. It's fallen, God says. I think of the 21st century today and how people are led astray with pornography and sexual immorality today. Why not just go with the flow? It's so hard to resist, isn't it? It's constantly coming at you. Well, here, the third, the third message, the hard message, is an incentive to keep going, to keep resisting. Do you see this hard message in verse 9? If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. We saw last week the mark of the beast was um, going the world's way rather than God's way. We saw in Deuteronomy 6 how God's people were to bind his word on their heads and their hands. They were to think God's way, biblically, and act biblically. But the mark of the beast is to go the world's way, to reject God's rule over us, and to go the world's way. What will God do about that? If we keep on saying no and going the way of the world rather than his way, well, one writer on the passage says this, the choices made here on earth will have their consequences in eternity, in heaven or in hell. God is incredibly patient and loving and merciful. He has done everything so that we can be forgiven. But if we refuse, if we insist on going the world's way and not God's way, we'll look at verse 11. The smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night, these worshippers of the beast and its image, whoever receives the mark of its name. It's serious, isn't it? There's no purgatory, but there is hell. Eternal torment for those who reject Jesus. You'll have peace now if you go the way of the world. It'll be easy now if you go the way of the world. If you, you don't fight against sin, the world and the devil, as we tell people to do in our baptism service, if you don't fight against sin, the world and the devil, it'll be easy. You, you'll just go the world's way. You'll have rest now, but no peace eternally. But if you fight now against sin, the world and the devil, as we're called to do in our baptism service, you'll have war now, but peace later. And it's worth it. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. It's struggle now, but it's rest later. If I was to tell you if I knew that sucklers were going to triple in value this year, well, you'd be out at the mart this week buying as many as you could, wouldn't you? Because there'd be a great harvest. Well, here the message is invest for eternity. It's hard now, isn't it? It can be hard now to go against the flow of the world, to stand against the beast, to go God's way. But it's worth it. In the book of Revelation, there are seven blessed statements. It's so carefully ordered uh, that that number seven is, a, is the perfect number, and this book of Revelation's got these seven blessed statements. The first one we saw came in chapter one, blessed are those who hear this prophecy and keep it. And we get the second blessing here in verse 13. Here's the, those who are blessed in verse 13. The angel announces, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, 
that they may rest from their labours, for their deeds follow them. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Not, not all the dead are blessed, only those who die in the Lord, only those who die in the Lord Jesus, trusting in the Lord Jesus. I had an email this week from a friend who was explaining why he'd not been in contact for uh, a couple of weeks. He said, I'd been ill for a number of weeks, losing weight and not wanting to eat. A CT scan revealed that I had stage four cancer, which was the cause of my illness. This was a total shock. Also to learn that my cancer had possibly spread to my liver and lungs. I was told that I needed an urgent operation. I was admitted to the hospital ward the following day and had the operation carried out in the evening. I've been fitted with a stoma bag. I'm awaiting an appointment with an oncologist to discuss any cancer treatment. Anyway, I think that's enough about me, but I'd be grateful for your prayers for the future. I have a total peace as I rest in the Lord Jesus for the future, knowing that my eternal future is secure. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? Sounds a bit like verse 13, doesn't it? Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. He has peace now because he knows Jesus is in control and will get him through death. How good it is to know that your eternal future is secure, that you'll be with the Lord and there'll be no more struggle, no more fight against sin, the world and the devil, no more opposition, no more pain, no more hurt. There'll be rest and reward. Do you see in verse 13, they may rest from their labours for their deeds follow them. I don't know about you, but um, if you've children, uh, I tend to put my children's artwork up in my study. You know, if they do something, they give it to me. I put it up. It wouldn't win any awards in, in, uh, in, in artistic uh, galleries or anything like that, but it's precious to me. They did it. And it's a bit like that with God as he sees your deeds, as he sees every time you resist sin, and you say, no, God, I love you more than I love this sin. This sin seems so tempting to me, but I love you more, and I'm going to go your way. I'm going to say no to this sin, and I'm going to go your way. Or, or whatever good we might do as we love others and serve others. God sees it all, and he promises, well, their deeds will follow them. He'll see it. He'll reward us. It's not how you get into heaven. You get in by trusting in the Lord Jesus. But wonderfully, he rewards us on top of that for following him, how good he is. It'll be so much better than any pain we endure now for following Jesus. Friday was a wet old morning, wasn't it? I, I wonder how you got through it if you're, a, if you're a farmer. How do you get through the wet mornings when it just doesn't stop raining? And uh, maybe it's the thought of a cup of tea in front of the fire later on in the day. You know that you'll dry out and you'll warm out. Well, so it is here, but far more. Yes, it's hard now, but the future is so glorious for God's people. We can keep going. Well, after these three angels with the three messages, there's, there's harvest. Another vision of harvest in verse 14 to 20. It's harvest time, a little bit like in, in May, you might look out over the fields and you see that the grass is ready to be harvested and you call the contractors to get the silage cut. Here it's harvest time. It's harvest time. There's two harvests. There's a, a harvest in verse 14 to 16 of, of the wheat. 
Uh, and the word that's used for fully ripe at the end of verse 15 is the word that's used for the wheat when it's ripe. That's the, the wheat harvest. And then there's a harvest of the grapes in verse 17 to 20. The first harvest of the wheat, it's a bit like when Jesus, do you remember he, he looked out over the crowds and he was compassionate. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord that he would send out workers into the harvest field. Well, the harvest has been, the prayer has been answered because the harvest is gathered in a great harvest. We're told uh, in verse 16, he, he who sat on the clouds swung his sickle across the earth and the earth was reaped. All God's people gathered in. It's a bit like we'll sing in our final hymn in, in the fourth verse. Gather thou thy people in, free from sorrow, free from sin, there forever purified in thy presence to abide. God will gather his people in. His harvest will not fail. If your name is written in the book of life, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, you'll be there. You'll be gathered in. Uh, think of Jesus' parable of the soils and the different responses to God's word. And those who hear God's word and put it into practice, they're like the good soil that will grow up and bear a harvest. You'll be there. You'll be safe forever. Safely gathered in. There's the, the, the harvest of salvation there in verses 14 to 16, but there's another harvest in verses 17 to 20, which is far more frightening, isn't it? God gathers his people safely in, but what about those who've not submitted to Jesus Christ as Lord? Please do look at verse 19 to 20. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city and blood flowed from the winepress as high as a horse's bridle for 1,600 stadia. It's hard to read those verses, isn't it? I find those hard to read. It shows us the seriousness of sin Think of how seriously God takes in Adam and Eve for one sin. For that sin of trying to be God, of taking the fruit that he told them not to take. Trying to step into God's shoes, trying to be God. For that one sin they were thrown out of the garden and death and suffering entered into the world. God takes sin very seriously. For one sin Moses missed out on the promised land. For the one sin of lying Ananias and Sapphira fell down dead. Sin is serious. How many sins have you and I committed? The wages of sin is death, we're told in the Bible. God will punish every sin. He's unjust otherwise. He's rightly angry at the way we've treated his son, the Lord Jesus. How do you feel when you see something like, do you remember the murder of Ashling Murphy uh, and just how we, we felt that collective sense of uproar and anger? How can this happen? How can this be? The man must be caught and brought to justice. How dare he? Or as we see Putin raging across Ukraine, he must be stopped. Or as you see Boko Haram kidnapping schoolgirls, forcibly converting them to Islam. Marrying them off to soldiers. <clears throat> Are you not angry at that? Oh, you should be. How much more a holy God? Is he angry at our sin? It is serious. And it will be punished. 
Every sin punished. You see, it's punished outside of the city. It's a picture of being put outside of the loving presence of God, outside of his heavenly city, punished. Those who reject God's ways are thrown out. But none of us need to be. That hymn I'm reminded of, there is a green hill far away, outside a city wall, where our dear Lord was crucified. He died to save us all. Jesus was punished outside of the city for your sake and mine, outside of Jerusalem for your sake and mine. He, he took on himself the full force of God's wrath so that you and I don't have to be. Thank God for Jesus. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he took on himself the wrath and punishment we deserved. So that you don't have to face this awful harvest of the wrath of God. And I say awful, and yet here it's celebrated, isn't it? In chapter 15, the saints sing praise to God for his judgment. Because if you've ever been wronged, you'll know that judgment is a good thing. God's justice is a good thing. It's right that he will punish evil. And so, although there's a sense in which we, we, we long that people don't face this, we will, if we are God's people, one day celebrate his justice, that it's the right thing for him to do. Of course we long that people would turn and it's one of the reasons we're having these six questions these next few weeks. A great opportunity to invite people, to encourage people to, to look into the Christian faith, to look into the rescue that's available through Jesus. Because there is a day coming of this terrible but right harvest. Well, if you are joined to Jesus, this is wonderful news for you, isn't it? Because God's harvest means you'll be safely gathered in. Yes, there's a struggle now, but there is rescue and there is rest. And if you've not yet turned to Jesus, the message this morning is to pay attention to that first angel, isn't it? Before the judgment comes, verse 7, fear God and give him glory. Because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth the sea and the springs of water. Let's pray as we close. Lord God, we do thank you that you're a just God and that you will punish every sin. Thank you for the offer of pardon through our Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you for your love for us, for what you did for us. And we pray we would uh, be those who are in, in that first harvest, safely gathered in. And pray you'd help us to be those who encourage others who are not yet safely gathered in to turn to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Nick. I don't know what side of the bed I got out this morning, but uh, we've forgotten some of the prayers, so we're going to turn to page four of our service card, and we're going to say together uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And the verses at the bottom of that page. Show us your mercy, O Lord. O Lord, guide and defend our rulers. Let your ministers be clothed with righteousness. O Lord, save your people. Give peace in our time, O Lord. O God, make clean our hearts within us. So we're going to sing our final and hymn, uh, which is uh, hymn number 37, Come Ye Thankful People Come.
time uh, together to a close, we join in the words of the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.